welcome everybody to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly show where I chat with people I think are cool about the cool things they do and the cool things they think and other cool things that happen when we have conversations. Uh, it's very free flowing, just like this intro, all off the cuff. Uh, and if you like off the cuff intros, well, thank goodness for the fine people at Hero Forge because they brought you this one. And if uh, if you haven't heard of Hero Forge, is this your first time listening to my show? Um, but if you haven't, go check them out at HeroForge.com. If you love playing tabletop games or being creative or just messing around with fun fantasy things on the internet, you will love HeroForge because they make it possible to make your own custom miniature for your tabletop games. If you're into D&D, Pathfinder, something you made up with your friends and now you move little characters around on grid paper, this is this is a service for you. You can make literally anything with it. I, I, I say every time, but I have loads and the number is growing of little Hero Forge minis scattered across my desk. My kid plays with them. They're just super fun. And they're constantly updating them. You can go uh, create all sorts of craziness. You can do lighting effects now. You can print your things in color, in metal. Uh, you can paint them. You can have a friend paint them. You can get them digital. I don't know. You can do it any way you want. Go check them out, heroforge.com. Follow their Twitter, at Hero Forge Minis, to see all the latest updates that they're doing. And of course, a big thank you to them for bringing you this show each and every week. We could not do it without them. So thank you, Hero Forge. Please go check them out. I'm looking forward to this conversation because we've been talking about doing this for a while and just never got around to it uh, because uh, me and this next guest, we're both dads and we're busy and, you know, it just happens. But uh, very excited to have Ryan Smith here, one of the uh, co-hosts, producer, dude who appears on the Chumpcast, which you'll have to explain what the Chumpcast is because I feel like like anytime I look it up, you're doing a little bit of everything. But we also work together on the Second Star Show, uh, generally cool dude trying to get me into formula one racing i mean what doesn't he do ryan smith uh what's going on man i just want to say that i love you for having me and i really appreciate that oh well i i am genuinely very excited and uh the only reason that we haven't done it sooner is that uh i, I think we're, we're good enough friends now that i've not felt bad telling you hey i can't do this today and then we just bump it whereas if i schedule someone i don't know i'm like oh i have to show up to that you know a lot of people don't realize that but if I, I feel as though if you are able to cancel on someone last minute and have zero questions, like you have formed a bond and things are OK. It, it really is. It's uh, I don't want to say it's exactly like being in the trenches in one of the world wars, but it's like similar. I mean, it's probably close. a little bit easier than that. Although fatherhood. Oh, my God. There could be a whole podcast. I'm drowning. I, I my wife has been uh, ill for the last week. We are lucky enough to be in a position where she is a uh, stay-at-home mom, which I love because that's what she wanted to do. And I was ecstatic to be able to, you know, make make sure that she could do that. Totally. When she's sick, though, like we don't have outside care. We live in a town where we don't have family or friends. And right. my God, I am exhausted. You're just getting that little taste of, of the 24-7 parenting thing. Truly. Uh, well, yeah, you got to work, too. But How many do you have? Do you, you have one, right? Yeah, just you one. one. Yes, yes. One for now. Um, and a dog who is also extremely needy, although, you know, you can't really complain about that. He's also super handsome. Uh, you don't have pets, do you? Are you a pet guy? So growing up, I was a dog guy. Someday we will be a dog guy again. But we're very like much in the same way my wife and I went about like bringing a kid into this world. We're like, we're not going to do that until we feel like we are as prepared as we can be you know, to have the home and situation for that to happen. I'm like, I don't have the attention. I barely have the attention for a wife and a child right now. I don't have it for a dog. And like, I would want a high energy dog. I know a dog I want. And like, so I need my life to be at the point where I can go running with a dog multiple times a day. And it's just not there right now. So someday I love dogs, not a cat person. Really interesting that you went child then dog, right? Or, or like you're, you're planning to, because we did the opposite. I was like, man, I got to make sure I can keep this dog alive. Here's the thing, though. If, you, if you're like, hey, you know what? This dog thing's going really well. Like, then you have to have a newborn as well as another creature that already needs your care. And like, at least if you're a parent who's had one kid already and you're having another kid, you've done the kid thing before. But now you're like, I've never done the kid thing. And this dog needs to pee and be fed and be taken places. So it was like, oh, you know what? Adding a dog to a kid seems like a much easier thing than adding a kid to a dog. That was just my approach. Wow, that is a much that's much more thought than I ever put into it because I was just like, uh, hey, my my lovely wife Erica would like to get a dog and we got a dog. 
<laughs> there was there was no more thought into it than that. Yeah, and, there, and there's no shame with that. It's an approach that clearly worked for you. So congratulations to you, Erica, the dog, the child. We got very lucky. Our dog is the laziest dog I've ever seen. And I've had really lazy. I've had basset hounds, which okay. are inherently like genetically right. lazy uh, and fat. Um, best dog ever, by the way. But uh, he's a Remy is my dog now, and he's a mutt. And he is the most gentle, docile dog. It's incredible. My son will just climb all over him. It's my my mom. Anytime she sees it, freaks out. Like, oh my god, she's gonna he's gonna snip at her. Never, never. That's yeah. not his style. Yeah. But I'm excited, man. I I I love picking things out for other people. So not, you have to tell me what kind of breed of dog you're anticipating. An Australian Blue Healer. So I assume you've seen Bluey. I would you believe I haven't. I don't even know what, what you're talking about. You're the one with the pop culture podcast. You're going to have to school me on all the things no, 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 I'm no. not this aware is, of. This is kids. This is all kids. Bluey is a Disney Plus. Oh, it's a Disney show. Sorry. It's available on Disney oh, Plus. Okay. I've seen I've seen people tweet with the word Bluey, and I was just like, I don't know what that is. And I move on. So I consume a lot of content, obviously. Like, that's kind of my thing. You know, like, you, you see what you like, and you relay what your sure. thoughts were on it. I would watch Bluey if I didn't have a kid. Okay, solid. It's brilliantly done. It's funny. It has heartfelt stories. It's it's uh, all of these Australian voiceover actors. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I don't know if you have a Disney Plus account, but and this is not a paid advertisement, but your daughter will love it and you will love it. Which really, that's what matters, right? Because you've got to sit through that. Well, you you had you had me at Australian voice because I will look for any excuse to watch somebody in, with a non-American accent saying anything, and if they're Australian, you know, I'll go over the uh, over the mountains to try and consume that content. Um, I'm gonna have a very pretentious parent moment where I say that my kid does not watch TV, uh, but I will watch it for myself, like at all. Like how how do you do that? <laughs> uh, we just have not done it, and we're going on four years in, and so it's not an issue. And we've all been staying home, so it's not like she knows other people who watch TV. We actually don't have a TV in our house. Wow. I, well, first of all, I do not feel judged. Um, I I understand that there are always different ways to raise children. I was raised on television. Sure. Uh, I think that my entire sense of humor is basically focused around whatever The Simpsons thought was funny for the early years of my life. So... All of those sitcoms that I watched as a kid, like all of that has basically formed who I am um, for better or worse. And, you know, who knows? <laughs> I'm not the one to judge that. But you know what? If my kid wants to watch Toy Story, I, I I understand completely like not sticking them in front of a screen the entire time. But he loves Buzz Lightyear. What are you going to do? Oh, 100%. Like we actually I mean, it, it's part of our plan because one of our favorite movies is A Nightmare Before Christmas. And so we're like, you know what? I think I think this Halloween she'll be four and a half. I think that that feels like a, a, a reasonable time to share a potentially traumatizing child's film with. A, with so so it, it'll be a slow, like intentional burn. Like and again, this is man. Parenting so weird because no one gets more defensive than a parent who feels like you're calling them out for how they parent. Parent however you want. As long as you don't abuse your kid, I'm totally good with it. But like we just haven't wanted to deal with like the screen thing and like the I need my iPad, whatever. And so like we're going to like share movies and tv shows like as you know it feels like appropriate it's what works for us it's whatever works for you but uh i'll watch bluey for me that actually sounds incredible like you are curating at what point you introduce your kid to your favorite things so my son is 20 months old and we haven't gotten to that point yet obviously because there are only certain things we can show him but that's a whole new thing to look forward to it's kind of crazy to think about, especially as they start getting older and you're like, oh, you're getting near the age where I saw this thing and it meant a lot to me. I sure hope when I show it to you, you don't think it's dumb. And then my whole sense of what I care about in the world is crushed. But, you know, maybe it'll be OK. You're getting close to the age where I saw The Exorcist and didn't sleep for six months. Straight up. No joke. I think my wife saw that when she was like five or six. There was a there was poor television choices made in her house growing up. I had nothing. So, I, I mean, tell me like you, your household as a child is there's no v-chip probably right i mean that was we were about the same age that we didn't have any of that i remember the big thing being uh and and i grew up as people who listen to the show know i grew up in, in somewhat conservative christian homeschooled circles 
which got more, it was weird. It was like very unrestrictive. And then as I got a little older, you know, kind of eight, nine, 10, it got very restrictive. And by the time I was in high school, my mom kind of gave up and it got less restrictive. So there was this weird hump from like eight to 14. Um, but the, yeah, I remember when Titanic came out on VHS, it was a two VHS set and it was a big deal in the Christian circle. Like we have to get the edited version of Titanic with no boobies. And, uh, and so that was like, that was, that was the, er, that was the pre-runner to the V chip. And then when that came out, it was a, there was a thing called like angel TV or angel cast. It was like a box that would automatically bleep out like bad words and scenes. Anyway, uh, that, that I didn't have that growing up. So hand up, I have never seen Titanic. And as a host of a podcast about pop culture and movies, I feel as though this is clearly for me a vendetta. I don't know why I won't watch it, and I'm sure it's really good or whatever. The only scene from that movie is this that I've seen is the scene with the boobies, obviously. So I, I'm, I remember walk. So do you have family video in Texas, or is that just an Illinois thing? Like where you record video of your family and see it? No, as a, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, family oh, video you, was like a blockbuster. Oh, okay. No, no, no. We don't. So like we have Hollywood okay. video. Maybe that was the closest thing. Uh, we have that too. Uh, we had that. Obviously, it doesn't sure. exist anymore. But um, family video was kind of a local chain. Okay. Uh, and they had the the beads that you would walk through to get to the adult section. <laughs> I always thought Classy. that was funny. They were actually a sponsor of our show for a while. So shout out to family video. They have uh, since gone under as all video rental places do unfortunately but yeah is that, uh, is that I, a good self promo to be like this show in an effort to market themselves gave us money to promote them and now they're closed i mean it would be like if i was advertising for farriers and people who like put horseshoes on people as the advent of the car was coming along so i i don't really know i probably contributed to killing it but who really knows hey, we're doing a hand up moment uh, two movies that i have not seen um, Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption. And I will see Shawshank cause I'm a huge Stephen King fan, but I just, at this point I'm like, do I need to see Forrest Gump? Like, I feel like that the movie that came out 30 years ago at this point, you have heard all of the anecdotes from Forrest Gump, right? Like people who haven't seen Anchorman, like you've heard everything from Anchorman, even if you've never seen it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Forrest Gump's much more of a slog though. Like it gets heavy. It's, it's. I have weird relationships with movies and television shows that are based on mood. I, and this is completely out of nowhere, non sequitur. But I was watching Toy Story 3 this morning, as you as one does. As you and sure. I, I, I just found myself drawing parallels between the governor from The Walking Dead and Lotso Fun Bear from Toy Story 3. And I was like, wow, you really need to start reading. <laughs> what, the, what the hell are you doing with your life? I mean, that's commitment to your craft, which, 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 by the way, this is a good segue. Uh, what is the chump cask? Because we're talking about pop culture and that's the thing that you all, uh, you're into. So, so explain the, the chump cast cinematic universe to me. I want to start by telling you where chump cast came from, um, the name. And I, I will, if anyone out there is thinking of starting a podcast, don't name it after you've drank a 30 rack of bush lights with your idiot friends who are going to do the podcast with you because then you end up with a name like the chump cast and you can't go back and change it because that's what people expect from you and now you're just an idiot uh but yeah we we basically uh i i host with two of my very good friends matt and mark and uh we just like to bullshit we like to bullshit about pop culture we argue about movies and video games and honestly it's it's the highlight of my week. I love doing it. Um, I just, I love the interaction. The, the, the fact that we were able to start a discord and a Patreon and all those things where we can just converse with people who have the same interests as we do has been incredible for us. And that's honestly all we really strive to do. You know, you have these grand aspirations when you start like, Oh, we're going to be big and all this stuff. And then you realize like, that's not going to happen. But also, you can do these things and have really cool experiences and meet yeah. great people. Like you and I never would have spoken were it not for my dumb podcast that I named nine years ago when I drank way too much beer. It is crazy because like, like you're right. I think even, even though you know that you shouldn't when you're a dude, uh, typically a white dude in your thirties, uh, starting a podcast, you're like, this is going to be big. 
someone's this is gonna blow up and then it doesn't because for a thousand reasons by the way off, not often because um your content isn't good but because the podcast industry actually really sucks and it's really hard for people to find shows and despite the fact that it's a multi-million dollar probably billion dollar industry nobody's really found a way to do that well yet so maybe someday after podcasts have been around for 20 years they'll figure it out but you're right you uh i think i think the success for a lot of people is if you're able to make that shift from i'm going to be the next big thing to how can this be a big thing to me right like instead of like how can this be a big thing for me how can this be a big thing to me how can it give me cool experiences new friends fun opportunities that i wasn't expecting and i think that's an important shift that you either make or you don't, and that probably then impacts how long your show goes for. That is perfectly put. I couldn't even add to it if I wanted to, but it's it's a perfect example. I just came back from a lunch with uh, my good friends Chuck, Shauna, and Andy, and uh, they run Chuckload of Comics, and they are... Oh, man, I probably shouldn't spoil that. They're working with a big company to do stuff around the country, and you don't meet those people unless you do stuff like this and it, I, I can't say enough I, I know that I've spent money and time and all this stuff and I probably could have been learning a skill or whatever it may be my speaking development in the professional world when I go to my my day job has improved greatly I've met so many great people and I, I can't you know you meet jerks too but it is what it is and the, the relationships that you form from this and the fact that you can sit down and talk about what you love for an hour a week, an hour a week, it, as minuscule as that sounds, it's incredible. It's a release. It's an outlet. And I, the, the bonds that I've formed while doing this are, I, I mean, irreplaceable. And, and you've been doing, you said for nine years now, 2013 was the first episode. Um, we did, 10 episodes in my crappy apartment on Belmont Avenue in Chicago. And it it was bad. And I still have them. I still have the MP3s. And they are not anywhere that you will find them. Because it was really bad. I, that's just, I mean, I don't know that anyone, I can think of a couple people who like did a podcast and the first episode was like gold. But that's because they already knew what they were doing. The rest of us are just like, oh, we're trying. My first episode, um, halfway through, I said, crap. I didn't hit record. Can we please start over in a guest interview show where I'm like, please, you don't know who I am. Will you do a show with me? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, oh, tough. it's just the way it goes. You know, and we live in. You'll grow, always yeah. have those, though. And you know what? When you talk to someone that they understand for the most part, unless you're talking to a jerk and at which point you don't want to talk to them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can. I can absolutely say that for me, doing a podcast has been uh, legitimately life changing has made relationships with people I would not have met otherwise. And uh, yeah, it's a great thing. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, whether you just drank a 30 pack of whatever beer it was Ryan mentioned or not, name your show and get started. Just do it. Uh, this is terrible beer. And my jerk friend Gabe bought me these because whatever, we'll just talk about it. Uh, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. He is a Chicago Bears fan. Mm. We bet a case of beer on every game. Obviously, he has been on the losing end of that quite a bit for the last 20 years forever so he buys me the shittiest beer he can find and it's usually hams so yeah <laughs> my friends big... are great well you know there's some consistency there it's good to have you know a, instead of like trying to find the cool craft thing it's very easy to be like okay well what gas station am i going to go to and find what was left back behind the dumpster this is your beer for the week are you a big drinker i know you drink gin and tonic it's true, yes. <laughs> because when you produce our show, I'm... You're not obviously an alcoholic or anything. I'm just like, I like talking about this. Guy. Like, is that what you enjoy consuming? Or did you switch to that because you didn't want the calories? Like, I, Oh, gin and tonic in particular? Yeah. So I think, I think in general, I think gin is a very underappreciated spirit. Oh I think it's God. like got a lot of nuance. This can sound so douchey, but like I think I it's got, got I like a go. lot of... Okay, well, go, go with me here because I can, I can approach everyone where they're at with their alcohol consumption. Uh, I think gin is genuinely a good a good spirit, and I think when you get a good gin and you're like tasting it for flavor, like there's there's good stuff there. Gin and tonics are easy and quick, and they're enjoyable. Uh, before we had this call, I was sipping on some bourbon, so like I I enjoy I enjoy fun craft cocktails. I think it's super fun. I love cooking, and cocktails feels like cooking to me. It's like what's a fun thing I can mix up and make this fun. 
I also really enjoy beer, but it makes me fat, so I enjoy it less recently. Yeah, It's super unfortunate. I wish that drinking beer made you lose weight, but here we are. Uh, So what other mid-30s white guy things do you do? Do you smoke meats? Because I smoke meats. Uh, Eventually I will. uh, Desiree's a vegan, and I'm on a quasi-vegetarian diet because of (laughs) in my 30s and not as well as I used to be. Of course. Um, I 100% would. I know what smoker I would get. I have a plan to someday do that. I would absolutely smoke meats and have a cigar and drink an IPA and check all of the the mid-30s white dude stuff off. While doing your podcast, yes, absolutely. Exactly. Like I am, I am, I, I complete the bingo card very quickly. I love it. And, you know, to be fair, I started my podcast before that stereotype, but boy, did I fit right into it. You're like, this was made for me. I'm ready. I don't even I, I to truly, change anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, if you don't mind, I, I need to drive this conversation because I promised Joe that we would talk exclusively about him. I mean, I would expect nothing less. I told him no, so it makes sense that he went to you and then went behind my back to make that happen. Joe, by the way, for those of you who don't know, double-time guest on the show, Joe Nuzo, uh, professional, air quotes, DM, no, no, he, he does it professionally. Uh, he co-creator of Sex and Star to the Right, our show that we do together, and a, allegedly friend of our guest today, Ryan. I have to tell the story about how I met Joe because... Please do. Uh, so it was about two and a half years ago, and... Mark, my co-host, a very good friend of mine, would go to um, First Aid Comics in Chicago on Taylor Street. So if you are in the area, stop by. That's great shop. I, I love Tom, the owner. He's awesome, dude. Uh, and his, his lovely girlfriend, Elise, also worked there. Um, but we were going to have him on the show one day. And it's actually how I got into Dungeons & Dragons because I was not that guy. I, I was self-conscious about that when I was younger and I didn't want to do those things. Uh, stupidly, uh, incorrectly, as I should say, but uh, because, of course, it's opened up a whole new world of things for me. But Mark said, hey, I got this guy. He's going to come by, and this is pre-COVID, so he was going to come on the show and talk about D&D. And I told my wife about it, and she was like, no, this is a murderer. Mark is inviting a murderer into your home, (laughs) and he's going to kill us. Uh, Little did she know that it would be Joe who I now call a very close friend and uh, who is the sweetest man on the planet. And, you know, he comes over every weekend in the summer and drinks beer. Him and Elise, uh, they come hang yeah. out with me and my son. And I've got adorable pictures of my son grabbing his mustache and all those things. It's, it's very, again, this is just going back to the the whole podcast thing and what it opens up in your life. Uh, if you have the opportunity, talk to people. And he hasn't murdered you yet. I mean, it could be a slow burn. You, you got to appreciate, you know, the long game uh, that he could be playing. But but you're right. He is one of the nicest people ever. That That's funny because uh, I guess I also met Joe just under two and a half years ago because he was on. He was one of the first like 10 guests on my show, I think, um, when I was desperate and wouldn't take anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling um, you said that. Uh, you, you should. But but has now become a very good friend. We text almost daily uh, where we started, you know, this little uh actual play stream we do together we talk about all other sorts of ideas and cool things we both got jobs in this uh D murder community which i it, it was was your wife like was she serious did she really think that like she literally thinks that everybody who she sees is a murderer she watches way too much true crime way too much 2020 the guy across the street uh from us was what was he doing he was like leaf blowing for too long and she was like yeah he's he's up to something i was like oh. she, she would love she would love my current neighbor who uh who's who's moving finally but who my wife and i are also convinced has done something shady and i hear him right now leaving on his motorcycle oh uh, my god and this is this is not any sort of comment about people from eastern europe it's just to build the uh the mental image you have of this gentleman his voice and how he talks and uh the, the the he talks like this and we did not know he had a wife for six months and then she appeared and then she disappeared and then they went on a trip and they were gone for a year and then only he came back with only one of the dogs and he was like oh no she's in canada somewhere um anyway all i'm saying is your wife might have a point he pulled the, the my one girlfriend time is in right. canada thing that's that's yeah, sketchy yeah, yeah yeah it's shady shady af um i going back with our fantastic segues uh we're pros so, so the Chumpcast, y'all just sit and you, you talk about awesome stuff that you love, like games um, or movies or shows or whatnot. 
Um, I think because Joe actually had told me about it or showed me pictures. Did you guys do like a, a live thing at a convention pre-COVID or something? Like, uh, what was that like? We've actually done quite a bit of that. And I mean, again, I, I don't want to hammer this too much, but the opportunities that I've been afforded because of it have been excellent. Uh, you know, I've met some of my comedy idols, uh, the guys from Broken Lizard. We went to the Super Troopers 2 premiere. Oh, wow. And I met all of those guys, you know, Jay, Chandra Sekar, and, and, and all of them. And they're incredible people. And just being able to do stuff like that, like, I'm sorry, I completely just, that is not what you asked me. And I completely no, just fine. went that Go way. With it. There's no form to this show. People who listen at this point, they know what they're in for. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a loose structure. Like, we open with some just BS from the week. We talk about sports or whatever. And whoever did something stupid, because we've always... One of us has always done something stupid. It's guaranteed. You know, we, we review a movie or TV show every week. We have recently started doing drafts of dumb things. What it's really about is being able to argue about things that are not important. Because I feel as though that is a true hobby. If you can sit down and argue with someone for an hour about something that makes zero difference, I feel as though that is time well spent. It's the weirdest like bonding thing. It's like, well, what else will we talk about? Like our week, our jobs? Like that's boring, but let's argue about what the five best candy bars are. Don't you think that's kind of a window into someone's persona though? Because you can ask someone, you know, their your favorite whatever. What do they like to do? What's your hobbies? But that I'll never judge someone on their hobbies the way that I would based on their favorite pop culture things. That's <laughs> so backwards, I know, but I don't care. Well, and you reveal a certain part of yourself too. And because so many of these things like, uh, and by the way, I love like the fantasy drafts of like really dumb stuff. That's just one of my favorite, like live radio shtick things ever. Like, uh, let's do a, a fantasy five of, I don't know, popcorn brands. I don't know. Like it's cause someone always has like the dumbest, most out of place left field thing that meant a lot to them when they were seven years old growing up in some, you know, Idaho or something. And you're right, it's the weirdest window into somebody's soul that you're not expecting. And it's fun. It's fun to yell at each other about something that doesn't actually matter. I have an example, uh, if I may. So we recently did the most dysfunctional TV and movie families. Just as a draft. There's three of us, so we get four picks each. There's 12 in total. You know, we post them on social media and people vote on them. And, you know, we decide a winner. And whoever loses the season, quote unquote, which is like whoever gets to five first, you pick the other person to watch a really bad movie. So that's your punishment. Right. Um, we're working on other things too, but mostly it's just the really, really bad movie. And then you got to deliver a review that you clearly hated. Uh, <laughs> one of the more recent ones I did was um, there's this Netflix show that's about kids in South Florida that I'm, I'm completely blanking on the name of. I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll get back to you. But it was 10 hours of pure torture. I hated it. It's, it's, it's a little bit contradictory because one of my favorite things in Hollywood is casting 30-year-olds as high schoolers, which <laughs> yeah. they did in spades. But um, it's such a bad show. It's called Outer Banks. It just came to me. It's awful. It's so damn bad. And I, I lost some stupid bet. It was probably like a baseball game. We were like, who's going to win this game? Loser has to watch Outer Banks. Loser has to wait waste 10 hours of their life watching this awful show and come back and talk about it which you know it sounds awful as you speak about it now but now i'm looking back and i'm like i've got some fond memories of that i'm looking i'm looking at the like it looks like there is this genre of like what if we took shows that should have been on the cw in 2003 and we let them swear and uh and we made and that was the show and this, like, the graphics on the Netflix page for this looks like 100% in that genre. I love classifying things by which network or streaming service they would, upon which they would appear. So, um, Moonfall came out this week. The Roland Emmerich disaster film with Holly Berry and the guy who played Samuel Tarly from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates it. It's getting absolutely bombed on everything. Part of me wants to see that because that sounds kind of interesting. Right. So maybe I'll intentionally lose a bet and, and, you know, see how that goes. But the fun of this is just you don't know what you're getting into. And being able to talk about it with your friends is kind of the dream. 
I always feel like on those shows, like the really bad shows, there is one actor for whom this is like their first gig and they go on to become like a really impressive serious actor. Like, like they, like Robert Pattinson, like post twilight, right? Like, like where you look back and you're like, that was all so goofy and dumb, but someone out of that. And I, well, Kristen Stewart's had a good career. Too. There were lots of good people in twilight movies. Bad example. But I mean, like, Robert uh, Pattinson's about to be Batman. <laughs> oh, see, I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited. I to saw, Batman. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I, I, I saw something really recently that was, uh, the twilight like battle scenes between the the crews or whatever you want to call them the the gangs and it was without the blue filters and without any of the editing and it was honestly it was like watching a grade school production of Greece where they're like dance fighting each other it was right. incredible I'm adding to the list of things I need to go look up on YouTube as we speak circling back to uh to our friend joe who just texted me why is he texting me right now he's probably like uh don't screw up your by the way the last thing i was at the bar i mentioned with chuck and shauna uh, we had pizza at barnaby's great chicago pizza spot and the last thing that my co-host said to me as i left was don't screw up this podcast and i was like you don't get to tell me what to do you piece of shit <laughs> i will screw this podcast up if I this want could to. make or break literally nothing for you but don't screw it up that's a good way to look at it I, I mean should any one action make or break your podcast yes probably it probably, probably. Should. i mean depending yeah. on the action yeah we should yeah, we now should that i think that. about it yeah that's that's a good thing <laughs> but we'll, we'll speaking speaking of our, our mutual friend who introduced you to the world of uh, of tabletop gaming and said hey it's okay for you uh to feel secure in your masculinity and your your coolness playing this game you guys don't don't y'all play a streamed game on the Chumpcast? We uh, have been running a. You're asking about D and D, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've been running a Descent into Avernus campaign for over two years. We broadcasted on Twitch uh, every. Well, we were doing it every Tuesday. We were doing it in person for a while, then COVID, obviously, mm, and, yeah. and all that stuff. But um, Joe is our DM, and obviously, he is incredible. He's the best at what he does. I. I often wonder, would I have gotten into this had I not had the first time incredible DM? And I, I mean, you have been in this this space longer than I have. Do you have those experiences? Of of like, oh, this is the most incredible person, or I would not have done this if I hadn't like. I, I'm really struggling to explain this, but I was thinking earlier about like the dynamic of any given table and how replacing one person with another completely changes you know mm -hmm. the direction of your campaign the mood of the campaign and i i think that joe was so conducive to whatever you wanted to do of course because i'm a doofus who names his stuff things like the chump cast my character for this is just a dick joke and like if i could go back i would change that a million times out of a million sure, and, yeah and I'm just stuck with it. But but Joe was like, no, I don't care. We'll just we'll power through. I, I realize that you're not taking this seriously, but God damn it, you will. And he was just, right. Just give it time. And we'll get you there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. that's been my experience. So I, I hope that everyone is blessed to play with a DM who cares as much as he does. Indeed. And uh, as someone who early on was trying to find a DM and went so far as to interview a dude I found on Craigslist at a California pizza kitchen, uh, he paid. He had gift cards. Very kind person. Uh, he then disappeared on us, me and my friend Jay, who is actually now the DM for our group, and then uh, randomly emailed us uh, in December of like 2016 or something. and was like, oh, hey, which was like a month after we met. He's like, hey, I didn't forget. I still want to run this game for you. Sorry, I'm in Europe right now. And just attached pictures from his European vacation. And I was like, okay, is this an evidence chain that you're leaving? Like that you can say like, oh, no, I was, I'm an alibi for this Thanks. guy now. Have fun in Prague. I... <laughs> It was so weird. Okay. I was like, cool. Well, let us know when you get back and we'll play. And he just never replied. So like my last email from this dude, one is, I'll see you at California Pizza Kitchen. Hey, sorry, I'm in Europe. Here are photos. And then pure silence. So here's proof. I mean, I obviously could have just Googled photos of the Czech Republic and, and you know, sent them could, to you. Could be. Could be. But the, I say all that to get to the point of uh, sometimes you have to uh, dig through a lot of crap until you find that magic wonderful dm and uh, i had to do my fair share of digging but I, I i did get lucky and i hope everyone else does too what is your style I, I know that you have dm'd what is your style of dm are you just trying to murder everybody no no no, no. i want to i want to facilitate fun and i want i want to 
surprise people when I can. What I'm not good at, what I'm not good at doing is sitting down and like planning out an epic story, right? What I am good at doing is giving you extremely memorable NPCs because I improv very well and uh, and I am more than happy to like take your idea that you came up with and like shape it um, and, and let it be fun. And so I do not do the big story well, but I do sessions very well. And so uh, one of my favorite things to do is because I go in with no plan is just to listen because the, the players are always like, oh, maybe this means this. I'll just throw out little red herrings and they'll latch onto one and decide it means something. And I'm like, cool. Now it means something and I can either subvert your expectation or I can like meet it and you'll feel really excited. But either way, I didn't have to do any work. Mm. And uh, that's that's what's good for me. But no, I, I enjoy really I enjoy matters. the social interaction. Um, but I really don't like planning a big epic thing because my brain can't handle it. The yes and is truly a skill. A lot of people don't. You know what? Everybody has it. A lot of people don't utilize it. And it's it's just the ability to go on a ridiculous uh, tangent for no apparent reason that goes nowhere. You you have to have that. Well, I, I think you're right that everybody has it. Um, it's a thing. It comes down to like trust and like uh, I don't want to say self confidence. Vulnerability. But, but it's vulnerability. vulnerability. Like a willingness. Yeah. To like like please catch me. I will be ridiculous if you're ridiculous. Like, okay, we're going to keep going. And then one of us will pull us out and it will be okay. Um, so there is, it's a big trust exercise and just takes practice. I wasted so much of my life caring about my outward appearance and not having the fun that I could have been having. And that's not something I ever want to fall back into. Tabletop is, is such, it's huge for that. We had a session in our home game last night where at one point, like one of my best friends is yelling at her husband in like a ridiculous like Jersey accent and we're all piling on and I stopped for a second. I'm like, what in the world are we doing? This is, if anyone <laughs> saw this, this would be the dumbest thing ever, but I am having the most fun I've had in my entire life. And it's because we all trust each other and there's vulnerability and it makes the game and the play and all that fun. Can we go back to the improv thing? Do you have any training or is that strictly just homegrown? I don't. It's home. It's, it's, it's a thing that I've talked to people about a lot. Like I didn't even know that was an option. I knew that I loved theater. Um, and I also didn't know theater was an option after like, you know, church plays and whatever. But mm -hmm. I knew that I loved making stuff up on the fly and like that if, you know, stuff hit the fan and like someone else forgot their lines that I could like, I could improv them through it. And I didn't know him like whose line is it anyway was my only exposure. I say all that to say if I had known. If I had known that that was an option of a thing to do, if I had known that uh, Second City existed or UCB or, or whatever, like you could, I would have been on a train like to go immediately. So long answer, short question. No, I don't. I wish I did. I baited you because uh, I wanted to talk about my time at Second City. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I, I did take a couple classes there. I, I, it's another one of those things where I was terrified to do it and I had a friend who was uh, he was in their sketch writing program. And if you go through all four at Second City, they let you put on a show and you cast it with people who have done, you know, the improv levels up to four. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to see that and thinking like, I have wasted so much time not doing the things that I wanted to do because I was worried that someone would judge me for it. And I, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, I think about, you know, all the movies and, and I don't know if anyone's done one recently. It was like really big in the 90s, I guess. But the like, oh, you get switched and you're your high school self again or like you go back in time or, you know, that kind of thing, like a Freaky Friday situation. And like I feel like so often it's like what they do boils down to that idea of like, oh, I just didn't have confidence to do or be the thing I wanted to do. Like sometimes it's like, oh, I know things now I didn't know as a kid. But really, if I could just go back and care less about what other people thought and just like embrace the things I enjoyed. Like, holy cow, mm. like the whole life would be different and it's fine. My life is good the way it is, but uh, I'm like, Oh, you know, it could have been even more awesome for longer. I'm loath to complain about the things that I have because I'm extremely blessed and lucky and, and that's great. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's impossible to not look back and think about like maybe what could have been, but yeah. Wow. I really just brought the mood down a little bit. Didn't I? This show today is brought to you by sadness. I I have to uh, also mention, I have listened to your Will Campos and Beth May episodes and, and you know, uh, Freddie Wong, all of it. Dungeons and Daddies. I like if I could have thought of that, that I would 
right oh my god i'm kicking myself that's brilliant it's so good and funny and well done i'm oh my god it's also just one of those things though that like like in, when, when i mentioned earlier like some people have perfect first episodes dungeons and daddies is what i thought of because you have a, a production expert and freddie making the whole thing um it's one of those things where it's like oh would like i could have done that and it would have been funny but it would not have been the success that their show has been because i i don't know that i ever would have cared enough to do the level of editing and like you know the, the everything that they do to make that show so good like it's, it's a testament to all of their personalities um showing up and putting their most into making a hilarious product I mean, this is what you want on your show, right? Like, you want somebody to come on and talk about other people's shows, right? Like, that's. I, well, no, but you're talking about other episodes that I've done. So don't go listen to Dungeons and Daddies. Listen to my episodes <laughs> interviewing people from it and let that be your introduction. They're incredible. Uh, they're incredible voice actors and, and everything. It's just, it's so well done. I, I remember at one point I tweeted at them because I got my Spotify recap. And at one point I was. Um, we had moved into this home and I was putting like gravel around like landscape. I was just doing manual labor yeah for an entire day and i listened to like eight episodes in one day and i tweeted at them thinking like oh they'll enjoy this when in reality it was probably like what is this monster doing <laughs> is this guy stalking us i mean you know i, I think i think uh, i think people that popular see it all and they probably just assume everyone's a stalker because that's that's the coming back to your wife's you know view of the world that's a safe way to to approach things because the one time you're right you're very glad you were full circle baby Indeed, indeed. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something at you, perhaps unfairly. Um, I am curious. What are in in no particular order? Because this, I'm sure you do this on your show all the time. But in no particular order, what are your five favorite TV shows of all time? I don't know my answer yet, but I know three of. Anyway, you go ahead. The Simpsons is always number one. I, I, I don't, and I don't. I apologize to anybody listening to this on the audio platform, but I have like dozens of these uh playmates miniatures of of stuff just sitting next to me yeah like this is this was such an influence on my life you know for better or worse but it was i always appreciated that it was topical um topical comedy to me is i i don't know it, it feels like it takes a really really skilled person like whoever's lighting writing for letterman when i was growing up was brilliant you know and, and I've always had appreciation for that. Uh, so I think The Simpsons is always the number one. 30 Rock is going to be number two. Uh, boy, man, I wish I would have been prepared for this. Okay. Uh, Parks and Rec is definitely on there. I'm going to give you five. I'm not going to okay. rank them. Yeah, yeah. Ranking, I don't, I don't believe in ranking. There's just the top of the pyramid. Have you ever seen Better Off Ted? I know it exists. So that's what I got for you. It's actually incredible. Okay, um, okay. And I'm going to throw that in there and let's see another TV show. I'm going to go with uh mm, I would pick True Detective. But season 1, it, like can I just go with season 1 of True Detective? You, you can cuz it's such it's it's one of the most perfect like seasons of TV I've ever seen. I have to throw in a drama there otherwise people just, you know, people don't take you seriously. And obviously this is a really serious thing. But um I I remember when the episode of True Detective aired, where there was a single shot of Matthew McConaughey, basically he'd been uh, taken into the camp. That housing project, yeah. I remember just being blown away. And up until that point, I don't think I had ever looked at directorially how people shoot things and why. And that just opened up an entire universe of things for me. And I, I, I will always be grateful to that show for doing that for me. I still remember, I remember that scene because it was somewhat similar for me. Because did you watch the, like the behind the scenes of how they shot that? I did. Oh my how God. they passed the it's camera like seven over times. the fence when he did yeah. it. It's crazy. Incredible. It's it's brilliantly done. And and um, Kerry Fukunaga has gone on to do a ton of things. So he was the guy who directed that. He did. Uh, he also did the It uh, reboot and and tons of stuff. I love his work. It's so well done. Okay, so we got, we got The Simpsons, Better Off Ted, True Simpsons. Detective. 30 Rock. Parks and Rec and 30 Rock. 30 Rock, in my opinion, is the perfect sitcom. I can't count The Simpsons as that because it's animated. Um, but 30 Rock, Tina Fey is one of the most brilliant writers on the planet. And I will watch literally anything that she does. She did. Uh, she wrote and directed Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is great. She did Great News, 
which was also great, which unfortunately got canceled after two seasons, I think. But I, I mean, like she is, I think if I had to pick a comedy idol, it's probably Tina Fey. I need to watch 30 Rock because it came on TV originally in a time when it just didn't line up with who I was. Or, or I, I don't I don't even remember. It was like it was early two thousands. No recall. one watched it. No one watched it. It, it. I mean, constantly it was getting nominations for Emmys and everything from critics, but it got horrible ratings. And they they openly joked about it on the show. I remember there there's a Weird Al episode where he comes on is basically singing over the credits. Talk, sorry, credits talking about how. Uh, like the, the the ratings are so low and nobody's gonna watch it anyways, and I was just blown away by that. Like the self-referential, the self-deprecation. It, it's it's so well done. I just love it. And you know, Tracy Morgan is hilarious. Everybody on that show is hilarious. I've seen some of them do stand up live. Um, Frank is a character who he wears. He's the scummy looking guy with the hat and everything. Like I've seen okay. him do stand up. He's incredible. I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the actual comedian's name at the moment, but. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, we can Google later. It's fine. Yeah, Google's a thing, right? That helps us. Okay, well, since I put you on the spot, I feel like I have to go with mine. And uh, Just give me three. I think three is... like I, if you... I can I can give you five. The problem is I, I want to give more. But I, I think oh, I think the okay. ones that are for sure true are going to be uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, Gilmore Girls. What? Have you ever watched Gilmore Girls? I haven't. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I should not have judged you there. No, no, no. That's okay. Because I, I I thought I would get one of two reactions. Gilmore Girls is one of the most cleverly well-written shows in the history of TV. Like, the bits and the dialogue are... I mean, I'm, I, I get... You're like, oh, it's a, it's a drama about growing up girls like and, and girl stuff. Nah, dude. It is one of the funniest shows that has ever been made. And, like, like the interplay and the dialogue is so quick and sharp and fast. Like, it's a fantastic show. It is worth your time if you're willing to give it a try. All right, let's make a deal. I'm going to watch Gilmore Girls. Okay. You watch 30 Rock, and we will 100%. report We will report back to each other and say, report our findings. Easy. Done. I will do that. So, West Wing, Always Sunny, Gilmore Girls, Deadwood. Okay. And, and then I have a tough time, because I either have to go Parks and Rec, The Office, or Schitt's Creek. And I don't know which, but I probably lean to Parks and Rec. It's also interesting to me. It's kind of like albums and music. You will always remember that time of your life when you were listening to X album or and mm-hmm. like reading this book or watching this show. Totally. And for me, Parks and Rec was just like a time in my life where things were going really well. It was funny and like I was watching it with my friends and I, I think it's kind of a comfort thing. Oh, it, it absolutely is. Like, like for me, like The Office, I didn't watch The Office when it aired because all the people I didn't like were way too into The Office. But uh, when my wife and I bought our first house, our first, the, the only house we have, we only have one, and we've only ever had one, uh, we bought our house, it flooded in you a hear that? hurricane. He's rich, guys. <laughs> we bought one of our houses, I don't remember which, because who keeps track, am I right? One of our lake houses. Yeah. It, uh, it flooded in a hurricane three weeks after we bought it, before we moved in. We found out she's pregnant. Wow. So we're rebuilding this house like like literally we watched the office multiple episodes every night in our dust strewn construction home that we were you know living in one room with like our clothes and plastic bags like I mean it was it was a whole like refugee situation and like and you're right like the office is a great show but it was so timely for like when we watched it because anytime we think about it now it's like oh we could go watch it again but it was so special in this weird window of our life that like like Parks and Rec, we've watched that shit like four or five times, but The Office was like distinctly special for like when and how we watched it. Do you, uh, Mr. No TV, uh, sorry, this is not a relevant question. But I say no TV. What I mean is we don't have a TV. We watch like on my iPad. Okay, sure. Uh, we fall asleep nightly to our comfort shows. So like set the sleep timer, put the sleep mask on so yeah. it's dark, but you're still hearing it. It's just a comfort thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's messing with my brain in ways that I can't even imagine, but I don't care. That that's what that's what I did growing up. Um, except I did it with comedy albums. So yes. I would put on like oh uh, Can we please talk about comedy albums? We can. I would oh put on God. Dane Cook because I was I was a dude in the early two thousands. Or George Carlin or Robin Williams. Um Night at the Met was like literally I would just like have it on loop and I would just go to sleep listening to it. Like I could do every bit from any of these these comedy albums i listened to growing up yeah because it's a comfort thing and and it worked 
mine was uh, Adam Sandler, uh, Stan and Judy's Kid, stuff like that. I mean, that, again, you you know, you talk about The Simpsons, the things you grew up with that form your sense of humor. To me, that's the gold standard. Weird Al, anything that's just like not typical comedy, not like stand up in front of a mic. Like sketch comedy is always, I've always gravitated to that more than stand up, although yeah. I've got a tight 15. I'll try it out someday. No. Um, yeah, it's it's just, man, the, the things that you think back to. And my mom has, every time I talk to her, I found another box of your stuff in our attic. And it's always like Adam Sandler albums and Running With Scissors by Weird Al and whatever Fantastic else it might album. be. Yeah. And eventually you'll find like a corn album in there for some reason because I was very lost and confused. We all were. It was a strange time. I know. It was a very weird time. New metal was a thing. If you weren't around for it, you just don't get it. And, and we can't explain it, and it's not no, our fault. It happened to it's us. not good music, and it's fine. It's If you like it, good for you. If you don't, that's fine, too. <laughs> that, should be, that should be just the tagline for your pop culture show. If you like it, good for you. If not, that's fine, too. It's weird trying to show appreciation to people who you don't know. Like we re- Mark, uh, who's one of my co-hosts, recently sent me something like as, Hey, what do you think this is? This, you know, is this good? Would you word anything differently? It was basically like a thank you to people who listen. And then you have to think about, wait, there's people who listen to the dumb things that I say. And <laughs> I don't know. To me, there's always that weird loop that just doesn't make any sense. Do you get that? And and then, then you realize that not only do they listen to the weird things you say, they hear you say the weird things, and then they choose to listen to you say more weird things continually. It's a choice that they make. Don't understand it. Don't understand it. Uh, how do you feel about celebrity podcasts? Um, that's a good question. On one hand, I think they're good and interesting in that, like, talented people doing something they're good at is inherently interesting. Like Conan O'Brien has a really good podcast, right? But not everyone who is Conan's level of fame should have a podcast just because they're famous. And so, you know, what I don't like, and maybe this is you, so I'm sorry, but what I don't like is when people are like, well, we can't be successful because so-and-so started their show and they're famous and they take all the listeners. Like, no, that's not, you can't be successful because defining podcast sucks. Like, I don't feel like they're taking up too much space. Some are good, some are bad. I'm mostly indifferent to them at the end of the day. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not. I don't care what Dax Shepard or whoever it is, whatever his name is, I don't care what he does on his show, and I don't have to listen to it, so it doesn't impact me. How do you feel about celebrity podcasts? I agree with most things that you said right there, and the the problem is, how do you weed out the not good? And, and you don't, because obviously it's open content. Like, you make everything. But I, I, uh, I listen to shows like Smartless with Jason Bateman and... Um, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett. And I just think like, God, if I rolled a natural 20 on my charisma check every day, like that's what I would sound like. And it's just so painful that you, someone is so natural and I'm sure that they worked at it and honed their craft, you know, for decades, but it's just so painful to think like, Oh God, I wish I was that cool. (laughs) This is how little I listen to podcasts. I did not know that some of my favorite celebrity people did a podcast together that I should listen to. So now I know. So let me whiteboard smartless for you, uh, not to advertise another podcast, but they basically bring in a famous person. And one of them is assigned every week, bring somebody on. We'll talk to them. And they, they mostly know each other. They're all Hollywood elites. But like Sean Hayes will show up and bring Tom Hanks. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to make an episode of the Chump Cast that can compete with that. You just, you just can't. No, we just can't. I think that part of getting into this space is realizing that you're not competing with them. Like you could, everybody can make content and everybody has their own niche. But uh, I always, I find that interesting. I, I, it's, it's frustrating. And at the same time, it's like, I consume their content. And I'm like, well, obviously, obviously people are going to love them. They're right. incredible and they're funny and smart. And uh, yeah, so I love stuff like that. And you don't listen to, to any podcasts. I mean, I'm not so no, <laughs> I mean, I listen to the, uh, I occasionally listen to a, a show called Dead Eyes, which is uh, really good. It's by a guy whose name I don't even remember. He's a comedian, uh, and he got cast on Band of Brothers, and then Tom Hanks cut him from it. And it's about like, him trying to find out why Tom Hanks cut him from like a bit role on Band of Brothers. 
Um, and it's, it's really entertaining and good. He just had Colin Hanks on, uh, oh, that's which was, yeah. So it, that was good. And then I listened to Dungeons and Daddies. I listened to the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast where they basically go through, they, it's technically a rewatch, but it really is just listening to three wildly successful, really smart people in the industry talk about how they accidentally became very successful and like, and then you realize, oh, the intentionality and work that's gone into producing what I think is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And then I have others that I listen to often and on, but I just like, I don't commute anymore. I haven't had a, I haven't had an office job since like 2017. And so like my time to listen to a show is either when I'm working or I'm taking away from my family. Mm-hmm. And like, and then if, if I'm doing tasks around the house, there's probably sports on. So like, it, I just don't have time for it. Yeah. I, uh, I don't like silence and that's kind of yeah. my thing is like, I'll get a song again. You're, you're not a, TV parent, but my kid loves Coco Melon, which is basically kids' songs that will just, they are earworms that will okay. burrow into the deepest, darkest cavern of your brain and they will just live there. And if you can't get that out and drown it with something, like you, you, you just have to. Yeah. So maybe I just shouldn't let my kid watch TV. I don't know. Well, that ship's probably sailed, you know, just yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I, I, I would be remiss if I don't get back to Second Star. Look at me hosting hosting this podcast. If you want to use your episode to promote my content, technically also your content. Our content, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've always been curious, how did you meet these people? Because I, I, I've been incredibly lucky to meet all of them through being asked to produce this show. And now I'm just like, I'm a... I'm a more developed person because I've been able to speak with them and, and they're incredible. So I, I don't understand. Uh, how, where did you find them? Uh, all, as we were saying, it all comes back to it from doing uh, this show. Um, so Joe uh, obviously was one of the first people on my show and he and I developed a friendship. Oh, Joe, anybody can get Joe. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's hand wave him off. We'll edit this part out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Skip to the good stuff. Get to the, get to the people who matter. And yeah, well, Desiree, I'm married to. So I met her in college. Uh, so she was not due to this podcast, but, um, Brie, I met through just kind of like following her work. She's a photographer that I'd followed on Instagram for a while. And I'd seen stuff that she'd done. Um, she and I had played like in a one shot together. I was like, Hey, we should hit her up. Uh, Emily is on another podcast that I really enjoy called 20 sided stories that I just kind of become a fan of and interacted with them online. And she had been a guest on the show. And then I was like, Hey, I'm doing a thing. Do you want to come do this thing? And she said, yes. And then Michael was just someone that I had uh, admired and seen in the community. And, and I was like, hey, Joe, we should hit this guy up. I'm going to uh, just cold email him. And uh, he did a little meeting with us. And he said, yeah. So it was it, it was because I'm only in the the tabletop industry because I started this show. And then I only met any of these people because I was in that space. So I, I met all of them through the Internet because I've met none of them in real life. Well, I, I am forever indebted to you and Joe for even introducing me. I, I have such a good time producing the show it's it's incredible watching them uh watching you and the rest of the crew interact and 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 you know fight your way through fight when you need to otherwise coerce your way through neverland sure. but uh I, I i'm just i'm grateful that i'm able to to witness that firsthand well thank you and we're we're greatly appreciative of you because people who don't do this kind of content don't realize how difficult it is and how helpful it is to have someone that you can trust and depend on who's working things behind the scenes to make sure that when something breaks or Joe's camera doesn't work or the somebody's internet drops that they're going to put it back together. Um, so we, we appreciate your steady hand on the, on the tiller, which is a nautical reference. God, how stupid are like technology softwares? Oh, it's the worst. The last one we had was just a critical, it just said critical error and just crashed entirely. Stop broadcasting. Like what the hell am I supposed to do with this? You think that's useful to me? Critical error. As, as if any error, like like the critical part's not even necessary. You're like, I can tell the, the, the program's gone. You didn't have to put the critical word in there. You could just say broken. And I'm clearly it. not upset about it, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's good that you're dealing with it in a healthy way. Uh, you know what? You, I, have to, I have to commend you as well, because there were, oh, there were hiccups in the beginning, a lot of, you know, like uh, graphical overlays and stuff like that. And you've always been super cool about like, Hey, let's, let's fix this. Like, don't worry about what went wrong, but let's just move forward and make it right. And I, that is something, if you are in a position, a management position or like a teaching position, whatever it may be, a position of leadership, that is how you should do it. As opposed to like, 
uh, reprimanding or whatever it may be. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad. I, I've never found it to be helpful to be an asshole. And uh, it, I've never found that it fixes things any more quickly. Uh, it only upsets people and hurts people and pushes people away. And then you can't make cool stuff anymore. So, you know, we're making this for a niche of a niche for ourselves and for people to enjoy it. And so why why put any like I don't have the energy to be to, to cause stress and anxiety over that. Like, let's just have fun, fix things, do better and move on. So glad to hear it. That is an incredibly important thing that you just kind of uh, dropped in there and glossed over. Do it for yourself. Never do it for anybody else, because if you stop doing it for yourself, you're going to hate it and it's going to make your life harder and it's just not worth it. It's very true. It's, it's a great it's always a good like check in. Like, am I doing this now just because I feel like I have to do it or because I enjoy it? And uh, it's a good way to keep yourself honest. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask because uh, we're, we're coming up on the end here, unless you're a Patreon subscriber, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but for the Patreon subscribers, we do a little bonus segment called Zone of Truth, where I just ask my guests to talk about something besides the reason why they came on the show, um, a thing they're into, a thing they're excited about. And it can be a pop, pop culture. I can't eliminate all of pop culture and tell you to not talk about it. How dare um, you? So I know. So, so like, what are you into? What are, what are you obsessing over uh, lately that you'd like to chat about? I am uh, a jack of all trades and a master of precisely zero of them. Uh, I... I want to give you option. I know that's not how this works. No, I'm so sorry, I, go for I think it. I think what I'm, well, Joe stole mine because it would have been Formula One, <laughs> and I could have talked about that forever. Uh, but I think maybe um, I want to go a little bit broader. I think maybe we'll go with just cars in general because okay, automobiles have been a major part of my life, whether it's metaphorical or spending time with my father and you know like learning to fix things and busting your hands up and to me. I know that cars are bad for the environment and stuff like that. Like I, I get that. Like my next car is probably going to be a plug-in hybrid because I that shit's important to me. But there will always be a part of my mind. For example, my father and I rebuilt in 1957. Are, are you stealing Patreon content and putting it in the main episode? Are you doing that? Are you doing that live in front Sorry. of my face? I, I know I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. My apologies. That sounds like a really great story that would be really worth supporting the show to d discover the insights of your, the, the depth of your relationship with your father based around cars. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call a tease in the business. It was all planned. This was all a planned thought. Because if you support the show at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you can get access to stories like that and so many more. Uh, 70, 60, 70 episodes at this point of uh, fun bonus content with all of my fantastic guests. And uh, yeah, it's five bucks a month. You get to support the show, make it happen. And I use pretty much all of that to go support other creators. So technically, if you support this show, you're just supporting other creators that I like and also paying the bill on my recording software, both of which I appreciate. But you can get access to that whole back catalog at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. And of course, the, uh, the cars bit that we're going to record here in just a few minutes. I didn't even want to get into the whole nerdy background thing of like how you produce this show, but that's, we'll have that conversation offline because yeah, I'm we'll, interested we'll, by this website and, and your things. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I have, uh, I've gone through many failed technologies to find a system that works for me. Oh so my God. You and me, anybody who has ever produced a show of anything has always had a failure of software at some point. It's you just accept it, embrace it and move on at this point. Truly. So where can people find you? Where can they find the Chumcast? How can they check out uh, what you're doing? People can find us everywhere on social media at the Chumpcast. You can find us on Twitch at the underscore Chumpcast. We take listener voicemails if you have a question for us, or even if you just want to make a point and talk about a movie you liked, uh, you can call us at 847-920-6107. And weekly episodes everywhere that podcasts are found. And, and you do streaming content as well, occasionally? We do. All of our uh, episodes are broadcast on Twitch and YouTube. And then the podcast can be found the following Monday. I tried to do that for a hot minute, but it was driving me crazy. So I gave up. So it is hard. To yeah. Yeah. If I were a celebrity and wildly successful and could pay someone to make sure everything went right, then I would do it. But uh, it was making me, it was going back to that thing. I started hating my show and I was like, well, if I hate that I'm doing this, I shouldn't be doing it anymore. So we scaled it back and now we're happy again. If you dread it, you're doing it wrong. Amen. And with that, with that uh, final word of wisdom, thanks, man, for joining. This was fun. I'm glad we made it happen. Thank you so much. I, I know it's been uh, in the works for a while, and uh, you know I love your work, and I love working with you on Second Star, and I hope that all of your listeners will come check it out.
Yeah, I hope so too. You can go to secondstar.show and hopefully uh, by the time you hear this, I've updated the website so you can see the latest episodes. Uh, you can also, of course, find out more about this show at rollpersuasion.com. Follow me on Twitter at rollpersuasion on Instagram because I'll post uh, once a quarter and you don't want to miss that. So Roll Persuasion on Instagram as well. And of course, uh, if you have time and you're on an Apple device, leave a little review for the show. I would appreciate it. It, uh, it helps me because like we said, no one can find podcasts, but if you give it a five star, somebody might find it. Mm, I want to hammer that home so hard. People don't understand. Oh my the, gosh. The, oh my God. The, the, the web analytics that go into this, it's, you got to know everything about everything. And, and it's, and it's like a tiny window too. If people are leaving you reviews, if, if somebody leaves you good reviews, uh, every couple of weeks you get two or three reviews that actually doesn't help that much. It has to be like constant, a hammering. It's exhausting. But uh, it's what we have to do, and I just want people to hear content and enjoy it. So if you hear and enjoy it, share it with somebody, leave a review. I appreciate it so much. But until next time, guys, enjoy your games.